9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to a brand new episode of Go Plug Yourself. Look, a bunch of things happened on this episode. Uh, we were going to do a special, a back to school special with me, Chris Vendito, and Ines. And uh, then Ines got trapped on the Toronto subway system. So it's just me and Chris talking about sports and pop culture and politics and just hanging out and having a good time. This is not how the show usually is, but it's how the show is this week. Sit back and enjoy me and Chris Vendito shooting the shit. Enjoy. Go plug yourself, everybody. Two, one, hit it. Go plug yourself. You plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug and mother plugger. Go plug yourself. It's time for another Go Plug Yourself podcast. This is a podcast now. It's us talking about Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain died 30 years ago, nearly. He died years ago. Uh, this is our... How many years ago did he die? Uh, he died in 94. So, yeah, almost 30 years ago. Uh, 30 yeah. years. Eh. Eh. I mean, long, long rest of soul and uh, long may he rule and all that shit. But, like, you know, at a certain point, you know, the thing is, I think. <laughs> Hot takes. Celebrity fandom is getting to the point where it's like sickening. I don't know if you saw it this weekend, but Travis Kelsey and and uh, who's a football player for the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. uh, and and then Taylor Swift. They're a couple now, right? Uh, They're a couple what? now, right? You know, well, who even knows? Taylor Swift went down to Kansas City to watch Travis play, and all hell broke loose on the internet. All hell, all kinds of like creepy gatekeeping by the Swifties was happening, investigating Travis's history, and he's got a pretty relatively no, he's got a he's got a clean record in terms of off the field issues. Never been arrested for mm-hmm. anything. Never been accused he's of anything. Mo- most most not say most famous. Obviously, most famous for I guess winning a Super Bowl. But I was like famously like a mom's boy, right? Like the Kelsey boys and their moms. A famous mom. Is yeah, like the, the the mom thing uh, is a whole part of his brand. Well, I mean, it, it happened kind of organically because yeah. he has he has uh, the brother. He's the brother, and they had they started a podcast last year. It's just the gatekeeping of of Taylor's life must be exhausting for Taylor Swift. You know, I can say I will. Like Travis got into a Travis got into a, a fight in training camp with one of his teammates, oh and there was tweets going, which happens in football, which happens in football and wrestling <laughs> and and any combat sport. Where there's uh, men involved and with other men and, and physicality, there's going to be some fighting sometimes. That's what happens when you put uh, helmets and f- equipment <laughs> on on guys who are six foot three, four, five. When you when you dress up giant pounds, dudes in suits of armor, and you make them work <laughs> out in the hundred hundred degree weather, there's going to be some emotion every now and then. And there was this fucking post. About if you don't think he's gonna hit Taylor, you're delusional. What? And I'm like, how does that even work? You're cute. That's not even like false accusation. Yeah. Oh, hang on. You're just assuming it's gonna happen. It's never happened in his history. He's never had anything involved with women. I mean, 
like that. It's just, there was that. There was weird, like, assumptions that he's just a dumb jock. Or he's, a, he's like, an asshole. Or he's using her uh, for fame. It's like, he's already famous in his own right. And there was, like, people, like, saying, like, he was using, she was using him for... For fame, as if the biggest pop star in the world needs a football player to help her out with the fame department. Like, it's just, it's just fun. The internet's fucking toxic, bro, is my point. You know, and it, it ruined a very funny, organic moment and made it all suck right away. Because that's what the internet does. You know? Anyways, I rant over. Sorry to the listeners for yelling about a relatively fucking boring Chiefs-Bears game. But Taylor Swift was there, and she seemed to have a great time. And, uh, yeah, you know, what else do you go to Kansas City for? So we have to take a quick uh, quick break off the top. I, uh, Chris, I've been told that uh, we have to strike that the opening, opening segment from the, uh, from the record. Yeah, we don't want the Swifties to come after us. Ooh, I would, you know what? I would love some hate downloads. Oh, I know, me too. Honestly, like some people <laughs> tell me all the time, like, would you, would you, would, no press is bad press. Absolutely press. not. <laughs> there, there would saying? be because because whoever hates them would then be like fans, instant fans. It checks on the li- just to, just to <laughs> add a small caveat to that Kelsey rant. His jersey sales went up four hundred percent, Keith, over the weekend. He got three hundred thousand three hundred thousand new followers on social media on Instagram. And uh, yeah, that's an incredible spike in the numbers. I wonder uh, if there's though. I wonder. Life. I genuinely wonder if there's like gatekeeping though the other way around, right? Where if people are just sort of like stay out of football, Taylor, or if Taylor is so universal. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Uh, I've seen some of that, um, but like it's mostly like blue check Elon, you know, worshippers. Yeah. who already hate women. So. They don't even. They don't count. Because I remember they, someone... They shouldn't count for anything in life, so... I remember way back was someone was, like, trashing Carrie Underwood or whatever for being at a yeah. hockey game, and she was like, I'm married to Mike Fisher. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah, I follow hockey, you idiot. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. <laughs> like... That happened to Hillary Duff because she was uh, married to... Uh, what's his name? Mike Comrie. Mm-hmm. Remember that guy? I do. Yeah, Mike Comrie, that's the best of name. That's the throwback <laughs> name. Uh, but sometimes it happens with other athletes. Like like Brooks Kepka is like a big he's a golfer. He's a big Panthers fan. And then you have like people who are like kind of like hockey fans who are the worst of the gatekeepers in sports, by the way. Oh abs absolutely the most like my sport people ever. I was gonna say I was like I was gonna say hundred percent, but then I was like maybe wrestling fans. Wrestling fans, no. Wrestling fans, at the very least, are comfortable with their own corner of pop culture. And they don't need to be like, they're not like banging down doors saying, like my product. Hockey hockey people are the worst. Like if you put out, like if you have any type of like following on social media and you put out like a tweet or whatever saying, hey, I think... You know, insert wrestler or football player's name here is the toughest man in sports. You'll just get hockey fans bombard you with, whoa, Eric Lindros, oh, Scott's <laughs> 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 
Yeah. It's like the people with like, this guy almost died on the bench, bro. And it's like, okay, bro. That's that's hockey fans. So. Hockey's yeah. the toughest game in the world. Yeah, you, you get got, your knocked, you, you get your teeth knocked out, it. and you get back up on the ice. Put your teeth. Uh, Chris Long, who's a famous, he's a famous. He's a he's a he's a football player retired. He's got a podcast now. Big big <laughs> hockey fan. Uh, Chris Long likes to intentionally do that a lot too. He was like, uh, he'll like, <laughs> he like he'll show a hockey clip and and he'll just make a joke like, oh. Um, you know, uh, you know, relatively soft and regular play, and it's like a big hit. Mm-hmm. Just to troll hockey fans, you know, just stuff like that. That's that's always been enjoyable. I guess, uh, but, uh, yeah, we no, didn't really talk fun. about, uh, and I don't. I mean, when I say we didn't really talk about, uh, obviously, if the listener hasn't pointed up, this is a. Uh, I'm calling this the Gold Plug Yourself Back to School Special. Uh, Ines, yeah, I, Ines messaged us. She will be joining. She got so they don't have cell signal uh, in the subway in Toronto. Behind the times, you know, <laughs> you're you want to be the capital of Canada, and you can't put cell towers in your freaking subway. Anyway, we'll get all the sports talk out before it is. Yeah, hundred percent. She'll be like, eyes will just actually like, wow, really glad I rushed home for this. Yeah, exactly. So, so. But what I was gonna say though is the the Mike Mike Babcock thing. You talk, you talk podcasts, you talk hockey, you talk sports. Well, we have to talk about the Mike Babcock. And that and that that clicked that that hockey podcast sport uh, all clicked into place. The Mike Babcock. Could there be be a worse person to scoop you than Paul Bissonnette? (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) For people who don't know, Mike Babcock originally lost his job <clears throat> for being a raging asshole. Correct. Uh, after he, uh, Mike Commodore came out against him, and Mitch a Marner. bunch of four players came out and accused him of just being the biggest piece of shit. Like, he, well, and, and what's so- what's crazy about a lot of the Babcock shit, though, is it's such like it's like 80, 80s movies evil coach shit. <laughs> Yeah, like it's not even like it's not like it's it's not the worst the worst stuff you'll hear of a coach. Like there are way way worse coaches who have like physically and sexually abused players. Like there's way worse coaches, but his shit is just 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 like I said, '80s movie evil coach. Like, hey, who do you think the worst players are? Chris walks into the locker room. Hey, Vendito thinks the worst players are X Y Z. He just told yeah, me. On like, the team. <laughs> yeah, and like he 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 was he he got fired from the Maple Leafs of all teams for just being a raging asshole. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years go by, and then he finally gets another job with the Columbus Blue Jackets of all teams. Like, Are we going to say smallest NHL market? Uh, no, the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona... The, <laughs> oh, right, you're right, right. right. I, I, continue, the I continually forget about the Coyotes as even being a team. But yeah, but Columbus is, Columbus is rink. in the basement in terms of like size in NHL markets. So yeah, I think 2,000 people a, a, a game is the max capacity, and they still don't sell out. But, but, um, but yeah, but the I'm Blue Jackets Blue Jackets are still a super, super low tier. So, like, the highest yeah. – went from the highest, most visible coaching job in the NHL, coaching the Toronto Maple Leafs, to the, like, yes. 31st least – prestigious coaching job in the NHL basically. Yeah, like like yeah, probably even least least prestigious in the Maple Leafs farm team. Yeah. Um so in the off season here, he uh is meeting with his players as one does, but like he specifically is talking to the young players apparently, asking them to see their his phone, their phones to go through the pictures on the phone. Mm-hmm. Which 
is not just an invasion of privacy. It's fucking creepy, man. It's super. Like, it's super creepy, and and not for nothing. If like if if and I feel that there a lot of people haven't really talked about this, but there's like a strong, like I wouldn't just say possibility. I would say probability. These are like pro athletes in their like physical prime, making a bunch of money, who are coming off an off season where all they do is party. There are yeah, pictures. There are pictures on that phone that very much fall into the, like the purview of like personal and sensitive photographs. Like there are definitely fo- like, like just, yeah, they've been partying, even if it's their girlfriend, whatever else, there are pictures on there that old creepy Mike Babcock slash the rest of the team should not see. It's not all them just like fishing on summer vacation or whatever. Like it's going to be, it's going to be are probably too dumb, especially hockey players. No offense hmm. uh, to have these photos uh, put away in in your phone correctly you absolutely know absolutely they're not too young and dumb it's like they're 20 years old they don't know how to put those in the vault uh and, and, yeah and secure keep... folders don't exist when you're it's, a complete you know, like you're when you're 20 years old you're not thinking about that and you never you never went to computer class you were just playing hockey no. your whole life. And and so he knows what he's doing. You know what he's looking for. And apparently he found some and spent like extra time on them in the meetings. And then he tried to pass it off as getting to know my players. Getting to know my players. <laughs> and uh, what a, what a dumbass. Fired. What a he dumbass. He was rightfully fired. He uh, literally did not coach a single regular season game. Didn't for make it to the regular season before his uh, sheer assholeness got him in trouble again. But it just, I was like, does he hate? Does he hate working? Does he hate money? Like, he probably doesn't. But it's uh, so I mean, stupid. no one's ever going to hire him again. That's the last straw. And listen, this is hockey. Hockey's still in the nineties when it comes to. Uh, any type of uh, maturity or adultness. I mean, they were doing uh, Pride Nights with Pride jerseys, and they stopped that this year yeah, cause, because because they were like, let's because, let's not do any of that. No, but uh, what talking about that? What? No, no, no. We could absolutely talk about that. I'm just saying, but like the NHL, the NHL was like, like the, any steps they've taken towards progress, they've w- literally walked. Hockey is for everyone except if you're gay. Mm-hmm. Which is really like an unfortunate slap in the face to everything Brian Burke has done for the game. Brian Burke, if people don't know, his son was gay and his son was um, was was killed mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, back in the day. And um, uh, they started the Hockey is for Everyone diversity program uh, just to, uh, you know, highlight the fact that hockey was a little too problematic behind closed doors. Uh, and I was involved with hockey for a long time on a youth level, and it wasn't great mm-hmm. uh, when I was there. And I mean, uh, and ho- hockey has strides. like low, low key. Hockey has. I, I want to be clear. I'm not sure if he was killed or if he just died. I don't want to misspeak. I think he just passed away. I, I don't want to. I'm going to look it up. But his son, his son passed away. Let's let's leave it at that. But his son also had started the hockey is for everyone program and the you can play initiative. That I do know. And um, it was about um, you know uh, you know incorporating uh, the gay community and uh, you know um, 
less for not less fortunate, uh, different diversity different diversity into the game, which has been closed off for a long time. The game has been very very white and and and, and for a while. There's been no, numerous cases of players who are in the closet who've had to uh, try and navigate the game. Um, there's also been a, numerous uh, very publicized stories of abuse that have come out, especially with Hockey Canada in the last couple of years and the oh, Chicago I mean, cu- Blackhawks. Cu- couple, I was going to say a couple of years and well, the last couple of weeks, players just got suspended for uh, some wrongdoings at the world juniors right including yeah, including like Car- including carter, carter hart just is suspended indefinitely he was a an actual star in the nhl because a bunch of guys uh treated women like a piece of shit at the world juniors like i mean yeah and, and not even just with um not even just with the gay community or minorities there was a there's a video that went around of danny briere's kid who was in a high-level prep school, who was on track to be drafted, who threw... Uh, he was at a house party uh, in New York, and there was a, a person there who, who was who uses a wheelchair, and that person's wheelchair was thrown on the stairs by Danny Breer's kid as a joke. Very, uh, very cool and very funny. Not problematic at all. Honestly... Uh, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, by the way, Brendan Brendan Burke was, died in a car accident. So it was not. Okay, I mean, what was? I, I apologize. I don't want to. I, I I figured I misspoke. Apologize to everyone involved there. I don't want to. They want to assume anything. It makes me an ass out of you and me, right? So, mm-hmm. so that's uh, I'll, I'll 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 take the uh, the L on that one. But yeah, very tragic. He he passed away very tragically, and and uh, Brian Burke made it his mission to continue the fight that Brendan Burke was was on in terms of bringing diversity to the sport and the NHL kind of just shat all over at this summer by ending the whole program. So yeah. after a couple of years of making real like progress, absolute cowards, in my opinion, Yeah, uh, Alex Ovechkin came out with some comments this summer about it, which was not great, which, <laughs> it, which, and it's not surprising. Friend, friend it, noted friend of La- of actual Vladimir Putin, Alex yeah, Ovechkin. It's not surprising. The, the less, the less you think about Alex Ovechkin's politics, the, uh, the, the better it is. Yeah. You, you want to still like him. Um, yeah. yeah. He's, he's like the lovable goal scorer of the league. And then he's, he's like, a lovable goal to retriever with a really mean streak. <laughs> I was going to say though. So I was, I listened to the, uh, the athletic hockey show uh, yeah. podcast. Pretty. Well, I mean, I listen to Haley. And, Probably the best podcast in hockey right now. Well, up definitely. And I, anyway, I, I love that. The Elliot Friedman one, right? So uh, I listen to like I like the Friday show with uh, Sean Gentile and Haley Salvian a lot because they typically are, especially like their their slot at the end of the week. They'll give a little wrap up on usually what happened that week, which I yep. kind of like, and they're a little more, I guess, like hockey nerds, but like like also geeks. Like they have a little more fun. I feel they take it a little bit differently, but also but Haley and they also have probably the most reporting on women's hockey of any hockey podcast that is out there. And I'm like, uh, they did a whole big interview with Sarah Nurse uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm like, I'm genuinely like, I'm going to make the honest to God attempt to like get into the PWHL just because I was like, man, I'm kind of like, A, it's a bad year for Montreal. So I can kind of, I can easily take the season off from being a Habs fan. Whatever well, this they- year's a bad year. This year's going to be a bad year. Of course, it's going to be a bad year. I mean, there's. I'm not, I, I, I I disagree with that, but I, I agree with getting into the PWHL more. The league needs to be supported. 
but I, I disagree with this being a bad year for the for the Canadians. I, I think it's an exciting year if you're a Habs fan. It, I think it's uh, an exciting year for development. I don't think they're going to do very well. I think they're going to repeat what they did last year, which is they're going to have a ton of fun losing a lot of games. As long as they're not getting blown out and looking like complete idiots on the ice. Well, finish your PWHL point. But yeah, no, no, no. But I was just going to say, like, I was like, there's, there's been so much, like, same, like, the the old boys club of hockey of like men's hockey in general is has been getting irritating the level of like like bill peters getting another job was infuriating because like bill Pe- yeah, peters is an actual bad man like mike babcock's a, a dick but bill peters is an actual bad racist he's person. criminal like yeah <laughs> like it's like that is and he if he can get another job in north america like i was just like the obviously the the, the world juniors carter hart stuff the investigation to hockey canada i was like man the, like I'm a big Blackhawks fan and they genuinely like hard to be a Blackhawks fan at this point. Like, and I was just like, man, what a, what a fun opportunity to maybe just have a fresh start and just watch a league uh, that is not like mired in the bullshit of the NHL. <laughs> just, you know, cheer for cheer for a team and not have to worry about the fact that one of them, at, at least for now, Knock on wood that I'm there aren't like harboring weird racist sex offender bigots, you know, like it's it's such a it's it's a hard thing to be a professional sports fan in certain cases because you have to turn a blind eye to like so much shit that happens off the ice or off the field or whatever sport because it's like that in every sport. I'm not saying hockey is like hockey is the sport I follow the most, but I'm like football and basketball. Yeah, it's, are, it is like that in every sport. Like, I mean, I'm a bad huge or football fan. And I can tell you that uh, it's 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 gotten a bit easier, I guess, to follow football the last couple of years. As well, not even. I mean, there's the Sean Watson stuff that still hangs over the league. But no, it's tough being a sports fan. There's always stuff that's going to be tough to, to accept. And like, and it's like, and it's and it's crazy because you kind of have to put yourself through like mental gymnastics. Because at the end of the day, it's just entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, as much as we can care about our sports teams, we're watching it because it's entertainment. And you're like, wait a second, there's, there's nothing really at stake here. And who am I supporting? And that's like I'm saying. I, I, it's- well, it happens with wrestling. Right? We're both we're both big wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think, you know, the funniest thing is that is I, I, I am I would rather I would be what wrestling fans would qualify as a, a WWE guy. Oh, yeah. But I. I I like to think I'm a bit more objective than just being painted as that. I, I I just push back on the notion that it's only WWE that has these character issues and character problems. And it's, there's certain fans of other brands that believe their brand is like above it. And it gets kind of cultish. And, Would you say it's a cult of personality, Chris? Uh, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not straight edge. <laughs> I mean, that that's, that's a, like, I, I mean, Walter Walter will yell at me and probably I think already has for this. I'm like, I'm a big CM Punk fan. I own merchandise for exactly one wrestler and it's CM Punk. And I own multiple hoodies and shirts of CM Punk. And I was like, man. And I was like, I'm still a, a fan of his work. But I was like, yo, you know, Phil, you you choked a guy. Like, I'm like, as as right as you might have been. You know what I'm saying? Like, right right up until that Who point. Who did he choke? Who did he choke? Oh, fucking Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy. Even, even Joe Jungle says Boy it happened. Fucking Jack Perry. No, but if you know what Jungle I'm saying? I was, like, I was like, Phil. I was like, like, Phil, CM Punk. I'm like, was 100% in the right. 
right up until that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, I'm with you. I think you had every right to be mad at the guy. I think you had every right to do whatever else like that. But I'm like, you're a 40 year old man grabbing a kid in his 20s by the throat guy. Like, it's a different it's a different in generation. His 20s. He's a man in his 20s. No, but do you know I mean, what I'm Jungle saying? Boy it's a different over... it's a different generation. And I and I honest to God believe that if he grabbed a, another guy in his late 30s, early 40s by the throat, it would have not even been a news story. But it is a different That's generation crazy to me. If Jungle Boy's old enough to collect a paycheck, he's old enough to get choked out. <laughs> he's old enough to get choked out by a man in his forties. You know, you're both men at that point. I know. I'm, I'm not if saying. I'm not saying adult, Jungle Boy is not a is not an adult. I'm not saying that Phil Brooks no, assaulted if, if a, a youth by any if means. The argument is is that his behavior was deplorable and unbecoming. That's one thing. If it's oh no, you shouldn't have done that because it was a a twenty something year old. No, no, kid. no. I'm, but I'm I'm not saying age as the. I'm not saying that the age of the kid is important in terms of like the gravity of it. I'm saying it's a different generation. I'm saying I'm sure, like you said, people scrap backstage all the time in wrestling. I'm saying oh, a, yeah. a younger generation, like it's 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 a different thing. Oh, you're talking about like Gen Z now. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying like like a, a 20 year old like oh he's a, a, a what do you call it a defenseless 20 year old. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think that if Phil Brooks grabs Shawn Michaels by the throat, it's not a news story, and they it's both actually just... a big news story among wrestling fans. Though. Sure, but I'm, but you know what I mean. But I'm sure that both of them just kind of dusted under the rug, and that's it at the end of the day. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, dusted under the rug, big news stories in wrestling. Looks like Triple H and Stephanie are done. Oh yeah, that's news. I did not hear uh, that. Well, it is news. It's very sad news. They have three daughters together, but uh, Triple H did not wish Stephanie a happy birthday uh, on her birthday. So the internet is assuming here uh, that they have, has he done uh, it every year for the past fifteen? I think so. He's always acknowledged his wife on his birth on her birthday. Like she's the head of the table, he acknowledges her. Well, she's no longer the head of the table. She left the table. Oh shit! Right, she left the table in a in a dispute with her dad, and her Instagram has been not updated since she left wrestling. She's out of the public eye completely. I mean, I can't and blame. It's very weird with stuff. I think uh, uh, Nick Nikki Khan was on uh, was on Bill Simmons' podcast recently, and. <laughs> I love I love Nick Khan. I love listening to Nick Khan. I think he's but immediately the the test quote, the test quote, which was hilarious because Bill Simmons is a goofball. Why don't you bring back Test? Uh, I think he's been dead for a while. I think it might, might be hard to do. Um, he passed away like twenty years ago. Uh, <laughs> that's just Simmons being dumb, though. Very dumb. Like, if, if you're a fan of Bill Simmons at all, you expect that. <laughs> That dumbness is part of the reason why you listen to him. Um, but Simmons did press a bit on what happened to Stephanie, more so than anybody else has pressed uh, the WWE and Nick Khan about what happened to Stephanie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Nick Khan, God love him, just gave the corporate answer that, you know, she's moved on to other things, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, you know, what the fuck happened to Stephanie? You know, like. <laughs> Yeah, it's course, almost the worst wall situation here. Like, where's where's Stephanie, Nick? Where's Stephanie? You know, where the fuck is she? Tell him. 
<clears throat> so, uh, so we're hope, we wish all we wish Steph all the best. We love all Steph, the, man. All the best with her future endeavors. All the best with her future endeavors. She got future endeavor by her own father and husband. <laughs> no, that's cold, man. And what? And what? And so you you probably followed this more than I did. I was following it via the wrestling chat that we're in. The exact nuts and bolts of it. So, but Vince is somehow now in charge of both, like a, a, like a chairman of TKO, which is now holding UFC. There's and no WWE. way Vince is going to tell Dana White. Oh, know, absolutely not. I don't think so. But I'm saying, but in terms of actual, he's got shares in both. Yeah. yeah, but but and but at the title is that he's like chairman of TKO, not of the WWE branch. He's vice chairman of TKO, I believe. Is, is, is yeah, but who is the other one? I think it's Dana. Is he? As that, that, was, that was the part where I was getting is I was like, did did Dana and Vince get the same? I think it's Dana, title? Nick, and Vince all have the same title. Uh with uh Ari Emanuel there. Mm-hmm. Uh TKO. I'm gonna figure this out. I can't I can't find it. Um You'll, like I said, you, I was hoping you'd have it better than anyone else. Uh, I no, I, I have it a bit that uh, from from the podcast that I was referencing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, Vince and Nick Khan are running WWE, but the way Nick said it, Vince leads me to believe that once Vince is out of the picture, Nick is going to run WWE. Mm-hmm. And which I think is then going to be when The Rock gets back involved heavily with WWE, by the way. Nick Khan and The Rock have a long-standing, uh, long history that goes back to Hawaii when they were kids. Um, Nick's sister still works for The Rock. Um, so, so, okay, hang on, though. So, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for TKO Group Holdings. and Official source. I'm just saying it says founder. It sounded as Ari Emanuel and Vince McMahon, and the key people are Vince as executive chairman and Ari Emanuel as CEO. Dana's name is not even on the website uh, on the Wikipedia. Yeah, I think USC is just separate. separate yeah, because that's it. Because Dana Dana is the C, is staying the CEO of UFC, but since it's owned by TKO, technically Vince is Vince is over Dana in the pecking I, well, order. I'm sure well, that he's what, still given autonomy I think of USC. Is a bigger property than UFC here, though, isn't it? I would think so. Yeah, it's got bigger TV deals. It makes more money, more merchandise. I think all those yeah, things. Yeah, it's more accessible. Mm-hmm. It's more. It's more of. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it's misplaced. I'm just saying it's. Uh, it's no, interesting no, no. I, I was, I'm thinking like part of the the merger. I would imagine is that WWE is still the bigger entity than UFC is. UFC is a huge entity. Don't get me wrong. And it's the real sport. We get it. We don't want anybody coming after us here. <laughs> saying Toughest men alive are professional wrestlers. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not, we're not trying to pretend anything here. But um, no, I mean, WWE is, uh, has just signed a multi-billion dollar deal with, uh, with Peacock there for, for just SmackDown. So we'll see what happens to Raw. Okay, so that's pretty nuts. So according to Forbes, the UFC was worth like $12 billion in 2023. Yeah. And WWE was worth only nine. Huh. Never mind. We got that wrong. Again, so, we fact check ourselves on this show, folks. So yeah, that's it. So they're saying they're saying UFC was like a three or four billion dollar more property than WWE, which which I which I would which blows I my mind. I would guess you're reverse, but yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, but also at the same time, I think a lot of like, I would see WWE. I would see WWE as like a safer, a safer kind of cash cow in many ways. If 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 that makes sense, you're making like such regular money, whereas UFC, you know what I mean? It's just sort of like you're. UFC also has a fucking pay per view every week now, though. So. Yeah, yeah. There's a fight night every single week. Like, no. And there's a gambling component with UFC too, which I think is has built they get, up the get coffers. a take of somewhere. Well, I think once gambling became legal in the states, that uh, that helped the value of of UFC grow even oh, more. For sure. What and UFC is a wild thing to bet on, if we're being honest. Also. Like, I mean, there's wrestling betting, so. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, re- re- wrestling betting is stupid. I'm saying like UFC betting is just it's so random. <laughs> like, like I've done it. I've done some bets on UFC. And Sarah definitely there. does. I mean, like I, I, but putting putting a lot, of, but like on a finish or like a specific round finish, that's crazy. Saying who's gonna win, like a, just a straight. I've only done winning outright. Yeah, I've never yeah, yeah, done, yeah that's like, it. Finishes or that's that's crazy like it's not like boxing where there's so much math and like stats behind it where you're like okay i can make some educated guesses you're like no man he fell down weird in the match was 30 seconds oh cool yeah no <laughs> boxing is much more of um a technical um analytical yeah there's i mean I, I would i would definitely i'm it's saying easier, that- i think boxing is easier to explain the, the, uh, and the analytics side of it. Yeah, exactly. An- Analytics-wise, is there's there's boxing numbers, right? How there's... many punches were thrown? Where the punches are being thrown? Headshots versus body shots. All that is very easy to, to digest and to, to communicate to your viewers. Whereas I think with UFC... You also, you also get, if you are... And grapples if and you're all an analytics boy, you also get all of those points of reference every single solitary fight. So you can like say, like here's how these two guys match up and I have a thousand data points each on how they throw punches, how they defend punches. Yep. UFC is all over the map in terms of it's not just punches. There's every, like you said, grapples, holds, whatever, and just freak nonsense because because of the like the the variety of attacks that come in. Freak nonsense happens all the time. Like they're like a first round finish in boxing is at is almost unheard of, right? Like. In, yeah. at, at a at a high professional level, but like on a on the main UFC numbered pay per view, there will be one maybe two first round finishes at night, which is yeah. bananas. Like at the highest level of competition for a title belt, you have a first round finish. That's nonsense. <laughs> like, oh, agreed. Uh, and there's so many. See, boxing's boxing's problem is is that there's like six hundred belts. Yeah. Yes. Which uh, UFC. It's very clean and digestible. Every so every boxing match I've ever seen is for a belt that someone dusted off and decided to. Yeah, it's like the bantamweight two thousand North America. It's almost comical. It's almost wrestling like mm-hmm. with the amount of belts they have. The yeah, like I forget. I forget which like when the, the UFC has like what twelve belts. Yeah, maybe maybe Ish, maybe give or take a couple on either end. Yeah, maybe like I think eight. Eight and four, eight and or they're not six and six. Well, in terms of women, men. Yeah, yeah. There's three, three women belts, maybe four now. Yeah. Anyway, and there's like light heavyweight, heavyweight. There's bantamweight, flyweight. That's and they said middle it, that's, heavyweight, and, middleweight, and that's, and that's it. 
I don't think there's much more than that. Like I remember the uh, when they when they took the uh, the Mayweather Pacquiao fight, like the the super fight, whatever it was. Was that like ten years ago? I don't even yeah. know. But like they were just booking it as a fight, and then like about like a week or two later, they're like, oh, also it's for this belt. <laughs> like they just found a belt that the fight could be for, but it wasn't like part of the build was not that it was for a belt until like the boxing freaking promoters were like wait yeah, a second it could be for a title it's an odd sport it's an odd sport yeah this this could be for an actual t- i mean like when when they showed like mayweather's like trophy room it's just like he has belts like lined up like and not like they're on display they're like they're like layered one on top of each other because like the walls if you put them all like in full visibility there'd be not enough wall space so they're like they're layered like so you only see like half of any given belt because they're just like lining the walls it's like nonsense well, here's a question for you. Who's your favorite? Who's your favorite combat sport uh, athlete, fighter, or uh, UFC fighter or boxer? Oh, Nunez by like a million time. miles. Who? Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez. Yeah, I think especially like having having watched like a good a good chunk of UFC. Like I saw her saw her coming up like before she could have any English like grabbing the mic like doe-eyed kid and just being like like Dana I'm coming and like whatever and like yeah and, like and just like watching watching her ascent was unlike anything I've ever seen and just watching her demolish people yeah, while she, sti- she ran through people she, she yeah. ran through everybody her only like convincing loss it turned out was kind of like a COVID related thing yeah. Where she had had like COVID during camp, and and like it was it was crazy. I don't know if you remember that fight, but like like she tapped so fast, like she was like, yeah, I had no air in my lungs. Like you don't expect like her to tap in a second of a like. Was a, she suffering from long COVID at that point, or what? no, no, no? She was. She had just uh, she she had gotten COVID during her training camp. Yeah. And didn't didn't move the fight, so like recovered and kept training as well as she could. But she was like, but they, as a lot of people have said, your your lungs don't come back, and as like immediately. So she was like, yeah, she's like they 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 caught, caught I think like a rear naked or whatever, and like she taps in like seconds, and like when she talked about it afterwards, she was like, there was no air in my lungs, and I should have probably probably moved the fight. Like it was my lung capacity was just not where it had to be for a UFC fight. And then immediately got it back when in the rematch, right? Like it wasn't, yeah, of course yeah. It, it wasn't like, like I was like, she, she got beat by a competent fighter and fighting, not at a hundred percent. And then whatever, two, two division champion reigning, defending in both divisions also, which is psychotic. And like all the while, while I mean, talking previously being uh, like a poster, child for the lgbtq community like openly bringing her wife and daughter in the whole entire time and apparently just always being like like the sweetest most like kind and caring person on the mic i was like you could not paint a more like like better champion you know someone who could just demolish people while still being like a role model for an entire like community of people that are underrepresented in combat sports like i was like by by a mile, because again, like we said, it's hard to be a sports fan. You're like, oh, I could like a guy in the octagon and find out he's a complete jackass outside of it. And at least, at least that we know of, none of that came out about Amanda. Everybody said well, that's what, she's yeah, the that's best. What me to like my guy, my, I have two. One because I'm Canadian, so I have to have GSP up there, which I'm sure you also have. GSP there. is up, 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 but also for the most part, 
a, a good solid role model champion for unproblematic like, as unproblematic unproblematic as a straight white male could get. Yeah, uh, exactly. I mean, like, like they're like, oh, like he parties sometimes and whatever. You know, okay, that's fine. Like, who cares? <laughs> um, oh, he has some some thoughts on COVID. Who cares? It's over. Um, <laughs> Brock Lesnar is my favorite combat sport uh, 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 fighter of all. Time. Crossover star. Brock Lesnar is the only guy that's appeared in a UFC video game, a wrestling video game, and a Madden video game. Fun fact about that's Brock crazy. Lesnar. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just uh, Brock at his peak in UFC was the baddest man on the planet. Uh, legitimately, uh, boxing, no boxing. He was UFC 100 was probably his peak and. That was probably the best card ever, uh, in my opinion, uh, in terms of... 200 rolling. was a really good card, though, also, if I recall. That was... What? I said 200 was really, really stacked, also. Yes. But and, and, and had, and, but unfortunately had, like, sad 100 rock. was a coming out party at UFC. Yeah, yeah. It 200 really was, we're a mainstream situation. Yeah, it was, we're, we're here, we're a big deal, you gotta take us seriously. But no, but Lesnar was just, I mean... Like it was uh, unbelievable. I remember, unbelievable. like there, there was like a, there was like a poster up at if you remember uh, PJ's in yep. on there yep. was like an old UFC poster that had I can't remember who everybody else was on it, but I remember that it was like you had GSP, Sil- Anderson Silva, Brock Lesnar. Like I think you still had Chuck Liddell. Like, like I was like the fact that like a lot of those guys that you could the like early stars, the early stars, yeah, like but the early stars, it was still like. I don't know if it was necessarily a great time for the sport because like most of them were just demolishing everybody in their weight class, but it was still just kind of like, you're like, Oh yeah. All those guys were like around at the same time. Like, and they were all like pretty like recognizable, like solid champions. Yeah. And uh, maybe a bit too early considering for all those names, maybe they all came a bit too early. Um, Cause then it was Ronda Rousey and then it was Connor. And, then and I mean, like, like I said, like I, I think Conor McGregor. I almost always say McDavid, which would be very funny. Like I think Conor McGregor is one of the best things that happened to the UFC. I think he's a jerk. I think of course, he's a, like he's an asshole. But the, like the fact that you think he's a jerk and an asshole. But is the guy knows how to awesome. get you interested in a fight with him. You're like, I think. No, I'm... he made he made the idea of him beating Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match possible enough that we bought the fight. Uh, yeah. We bought it. We all bought that fight. And it was the fucking most ridiculous thing ever. A lot of that's Floyd, too. Floyd was, Floyd was, you know, doing his thing. They can both talk but, it up, yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. like, in a battle of two assholes. Pick an asshole. Yeah, like, we, we were enthralled with it. Um, tell me, hang on, can you tell me something? This yeah. is something that I genuinely don't understand. Sure. Is how, are the Paul brothers fights fixed? Because I, I understand they're often they're putting are, right? down MMA they're, they're putting down MMA guys who are past their prime in a boxing ring, which is not the same as we all know, even with Conor versus Floyd that we just talked about. But I'm like, how how are none of these guys knocking the freaking lights out of like? Well, I think some the of Paul these brothers. guys are 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 like Nate Diaz. Who I think is one of the one of the baddest dudes in the planet. I I mean, like I to me, I was like, as soon as they said a boxing match, people were like, "Oh, Nate Diaz," and I was like, 
uh, no, Nate Diaz can jujitsu a man to death. I'm like, he's yeah. never been a striker. Like, yeah, he like, also, even as a I UFC he was fighter, up like 50 pounds too. Yeah, right. Like that's a, that's a... yeah. Like if if Nate Diaz was allowed to like wrap his legs around Logan or I don't know, which it'd be Jake, over. He, he would it'd die. Be over. Like, yeah, it'd be over. But that's why they're doing boxing. First of all, boxing is much more controlled. Yeah, it's easy. It's quote unquote easier. I think it is probably. I mean, I'm a fat fuck. What do I know? But I'm assuming it's much easier than fucking than MMA straight up. Um, well, I think not, not. I don't necessarily say easier, but it's a completely different skill. Like, yeah, and it's easier to learn how to box than it is to learn. Yeah, how like to the second the second one of these Paul kids gets into an octagon, I, they're dead. I would think so. Like, I would think so. Even at the weight class difference, but I also think the weight has a lot to do with it in boxing. Like if you got fifty pounds on a dude, you know you're you're gonna do damage. Yeah, to somebody. I mean, weight classes exist for a reason, and all of these stupid, like yeah, like you're gonna do damage. Um, but are they fixed? I mean, unfortunately, probably is what I would say. Right? Like I'm like I don't think like. Like I said, if it, if it's an octagon fight, I don't think Nate Diaz is lying down for anybody. But if you're like, hey, Nate, you want to make a couple million dollars to get punched in the face? Five? Okay, I mean, would, cool. Would it be the most shocking thing in the world? No. No, and and like that jet generation loves those guys. So, are you, you know, are you? I mean, he's a Logan is a good wrestler. I will say that it's it's insane how good of a wrestler he is. It's <laughs> maddening how good of a wrestler he is. I'm sure people in the back fucking hate how good, like not 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 the bosses, but other performers probably hate how good of a wrestler he is because they can't hate on him because of how good of a wrestler he is. Yeah, it's not. He's not just getting like the weird shitty celebrity it's spot. Not, it's not even like he's not. He's not Snooky, you know. You you know he's not Dennis Rodman out there. I mean, we thought Bad Bunny was impressive, and he was. Bad Bunny was impressive, but but the but what Logan is able to do in the ring, it's Logan, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Logan, Logan is the wrestler. Jake is the boxer. They both box, yeah. but like Jake is apparently the more serious boxer of the. Yeah, well, he, the would, he definitely thinks so. Yeah, that's um, as as per whatever the. Yeah, no, Logan. The Logan, Paul people say. Logan, every one of Logan's matches were incredible theater. Uh, Logan, Logan, Seth Rollins was match of the year candidate. Uh, so yeah, no, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Uh, he's able to pick it up so seamlessly is, is quite wild. But then like, it's a pain in the ass. Cause you're like, he's never going to work a full schedule, right? He got too much shit going on. Yeah. But like, I don't know if they need him to work every Monday. No, I I know, but I'm like, but to me, even as a kid, I prefer, like, I prefer to watch the guys I see every week wrestle than the attractions wrestle. Always have. Of course. Like, that's, that's. You're not the guy they're trying to attract. I get it. And I know I'm well aware that Logan, Logan Paul puts a whole set of eyes on wrestling. I'm aware. Like, I'm, I'm. I've been a wrestling fan long enough to know that there's always the celebrity spot at WrestleMania and there's always whatever else like that. And, and they're, they're the, the most C list celebrity will make your weekly worker look like an idiot on raw. if they, you know, 
have a lead into a freaking TV show afterwards or whatever it is. Like it's, I, I know that that's part of the business and I know that that's what they're doing. Cause they're like, if we put, if we get a thousand new eyes, maybe one or two of them come back next week. And that's always been like the wrestling, at least, at least the WWE mode of thinking. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's similar to like the, like Usher was just named the halftime show for the Super Bowl this year. Which is it's that's a it's a step down, right? From Rihanna last year, and the like the the unbelievable like hip hop. I don't know. Usher the year has before. a catalog, man. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to the Super Bowl, and we're gonna listen to Usher. It's like, oh man, this guy has like a thousand. Oh, I don't. Songs. I I I don't think he's. It's not that I'm not gonna know the songs or whatever, but I'm saying like there was the when they were out in L.A. the the hip hop history thing was bananas. Where yeah. they had like Eminem and Kendrick and Fifty Cent. That and... was the first one. That was Jay Z's because Jay Z is the one who is the creative director behind the halftime shows. Yeah, and then and there was the course. year before, and the year before that, hip hop one was the weekend, and the weekend was like the weekend was that. I but, but, but at the, the time. Jay-Z was Jay-Z's first one was the California one. Sure, but I'm just saying, but they, I liked like the weekend was absolutely the biggest star of the I'm pandemic more excited for Usher than I was for the weekend I don't know I think that there was that that whole album like I said it was the pandemic Super Bowl and that whole entire album you was like, like the weekend's music now huh you like the weekend as an artist sure and I liked him even I, but even then I'm saying like I think that the weekend was kind of like that album was like the biggest album of the pandemic and it was the pandemic Super Bowl it kind of made sense yeah, fair enough. Like that that that's uh, what I'm saying. It's like it was a weird time. <laughs> like I don't think the I weekend think the is normally a Super rival... Bowl caliber performer. I don't think, but I think in that moment of like it's the pandemic and that was the like the pandemic album. That so anyway, but then yeah, there was like the superstar hip hop. There's line. only two performers that are gonna be able to rival last year, and both of them one has already done it and one won't do it for until it's in her city, probably. And that's Beyonce and Taylor Swift. Well, yeah, Taylor Swift talk on this podcast, but that's what um, I'm saying. I was like, but like you're, or but in terms of who else could you get? Usher's a pretty big get, like uh, for for this. Uh, again, they're catering to the millennial generation now with these halftime shows, right? That's the that's the money mm-hmm. generation. That's the demo right now. So, uh, like there was talk about maybe NSYNC doing it. But that's what I'm saying. Is I feel I felt that. They they set the bar with that California montage that I was like, oh, we're done with having a single Super Bowl halftime performer. Well, you're probably going to get some collabs this year uh, with Usher. I know Rihanna didn't. Everyone thought Rihanna was going to bring. Oh, maybe she'll bring Drake, or maybe Eminem will pop out again, or or maybe Jay Z will come out with Rihanna at one point. None of that happened last year. It was Rihanna and her baby, as mm-hmm. uh, that was so aptly told as a story. Yep. I, I think Emin, I think Usher will be more um, be more willing, or be more. I think he's also a little bit worse. Not yeah, exactly. I was gonna say I feel he needs it more. <laughs> he does. Like Rihanna <laughs> can go out there and do twelve minutes of just her bangers, and it'll be fine. I think a lot of uh, Usher's hits are our collabs with other artists so you, you you might see bieber up there at one point uh you might get a um i think alicia keys he's got a song with i'm looking at the i'm looking i have a list of the mo- 14 
of the most famous Usher collaborations. So 2001, I don't know, with P. Diddy. Okay, that won't happen. P. Diddy will probably not be there. No. Uh, My Boo with Alicia Keys. That was That's yeah. a massive track also. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I said Alicia Keys, right? So she'll, she'll probably Throwback with Jada Kiss. No. Yeah, with Luda and Lil John. That yeah, absolutely. That could happen. Luda. Both 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 Luda and Lil John sure. will take that that's, paycheck in a second. Could we could we could we, we bet on that right now? <laughs> could I put money on Luda and 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 Lil John to be and and right they now? have they they have lovers and friends also. So there's two tracks that like Luda and Lil John are on. Yeah, yeah there's no way they're not going to be there. Uh, best thing with Jay Z. Jay Z won't perform. I think he'll only perform with his wife at this point. Yeah. With good reason. OMG with Will I Am. Obviously, somebody to love with Bieber. That would be the biggest so Bieber, one. So Bieber, Lil John, Luda. That's that's it. We just built it. It's Bieber, Lil John, uh, and Ludacris. Ludacris and maybe Alicia Keys. Yeah. Nicki Minaj also for Lil Freak. If Alicia's unavailable, we're gonna get Nicki. It's like building a comedy show. <laughs> Uh, fed up with Khaled, Drake, Lil Wayne, Usher, Rick Ross, and Jeezy. Khaled could show up. I don't know if the NFL has that much money to spend on a halftime show. Khaled will Khaled will come for a round of golf, though. So yeah, we're going to. It's in Vegas too, so you know. But they're all around. Like that's what I'm saying. Even like without you, David Guetta. You're telling me David Guetta's not like in Vegas. Yeah. Yo, big couple months for Vegas though. This whole podcast has become sports and entertainment, and I kind of love it. But um, <laughs> this is what happened. You oh. listen, we were gonna have uh, host in absentia in Essenia jump on and and catch up with the Ness because she moved to Toronto. But then she got stuck in the subway. It's all good. So I mean, now we, it's we now it's sports talk. We did we've done this we've done it before, and you know what? I, know, I love these are my we'll favorite do, ones. We'll do it again. <laughs> but big couple months for Vegas. They have the first ever F one race. In it's gonna be that's of, gonna be psychotic, dude. In like, the streets of Las Vegas, right down American the strip. American Thanksgiving weekend. That is coming up. I don't think they. I. I'm worried I think, about it, in the sense that, like, we they've never done the track before there, where they're trying to do it. These cars are bigger than they've ever been. Um, it's gonna be so loud. It's gonna be so loud. <laughs> like. Like I really um, don't think I don't. Well, I don't care about that. I'm not gonna be there. So no, no, no. But I'm just saying. Like I don't think. I think it seems so cool on paper. I think it's gonna be a logistics nightmare. Like when well, it comes listen, race weekend. Listen, this is this is their biggest money event of the year. The championship's gonna be decided. It's already decided. The constructors, the the drivers is gonna be decided with, the, with at the next race. So there's gonna be nothing to play for but theater, theatrics. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance. You're going to see it's end of the season, right? Is it the last one in Vegas or second to last one? Second to last one. They ended in uh, the global version of Vegas, which is Dubai. Mm, of course they do. <laughs> Here, you know what? I, I listen, Dubai. I lay it out to you that the F one like track needs to. Go into like a glass tunnel that goes through their big underwater hotel. Like I want the Dubai track to look so much like a Mario Kart track. Uh, it kind of does. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm saying I've seen the track, but I'm like, 
that like really lean into it, like just weird, insane shit that they could only pull off in Dubai and make it look like Rainbow Road. That's that's the way to end the F one season. It's not a bad, it's not a bad play. <laughs> but uh, no, no. So yeah, so Vegas got Vegas has the F one race in November, and then they have the Super Bowl in February. So that's going to be a couple months there of just sheer craziness. And the Golden Knights are still real good. The Golden Knights are just won a Stanley Cup. Uh, yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be a very busy year for Las Vegas. Um, the locals must hate it. I mean, there's so, a huge community of locals out there, right? And they just must fucking hate it. They, they really, they really must. But you don't like you can't. Oh, I moved to like you know what I mean like I moved to Vegas and there's too much shit going on yeah like you can't no, I know I you know, can't be like, mad at that That that's like you're the it's the equivalent of those people who like move to Saint Laurent and then make noise complaints about the like yeah it's the same like you're like no you live in Vegas like it was all like are they cranking up the insanity sure but yeah, especially with the F one, like the, the but you know what I mean. But I'm like, but it, it's not like it's not like oh, it was such a such a quiet town before the big bad F one came. Like, no, like, you know, like F one has tried this before in Vegas. They did it famously at a parking lot in the eighties, which did not work. Uh, so we'll see how this works. But yeah, no, it's on the strip. You know, it's the crazy. Track is you're racing through the streets of Las Vegas. I cannot wait to see how they pull this off. Well, if they do, if they do it right, it's going to be the same thing as uh, as what do you call it, Monte Carlo, right? Where it's Monte everybody, Carlo? every single person, and every single hotel is glued to the window of the hotel, and there's well, viewing the parties so all over been the place. Charging hotels a fees to be able to watch; otherwise, they're going to put blockades up. Yeah, but they're not going to pay it. Probably, yeah. Right, like someone's gonna pay so much money for that. Like, but also, and, and Monaco, it's not like like all the all the hotels have another side. You know, like Monaco, like, the race has been there forever. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, that's what I said. I said, I said, I said, if they, I said, if they pull it off, that's what they're setting up for. Is because yeah. the city's built almost with the idea of the race in mind, right? Uh, and and it's year round. It's maintenance, and it's kept up with the idea of the race in mind. Uh, Vegas, like they've never done this before. Uh, I mean, we're gonna have a fucking like uh, an F one car go through the Bellagio. Like, what's gonna happen? Like, that's what every, that's so what that's what everybody to find out. That's what everybody wants is is a, like I want a bit of chaos. I want everyone to survive and be safe, but I want a bit of chaos. Uh, I want I want to see uh, I love mess you know, type of situation. Yeah, like, I don't want I don't want anybody to get hurt. No, 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 no. But just have a, like, have a bouncing F1 tire just, like, crash through Caesars. You know? Or, yeah, like, oh. Just into the fountain. <laughs> like. Yeah, like, or, yeah, or tire into the fountain. Exactly. Exactly. Just, and then nobody, nobody's injured. But nobody's just some- hurt. Nobody's hurt. You know, but like some hilarious no, we'll nonsense. See, we'll see what the setup is. Not here. A bouncing tire like knocks into a somehow knocks into a slot machine, and it like spills money everywhere. <laughs> That's real Looney Tunes. Spoiled in this city, 
with the, with the race for years, but it's at a track. Like, yeah, it's like and it, it's, it's also like if you're other than arguably Crescent Street and the physical Grand Prix Raceway, it doesn't affect your weekend. No, no, it's not like remember when they stopped they they shut part of the city down for that East Street race. Oh my God, I I I ranted about this probably live on this show or the other show. That was the absolute worst thing in the world because especially for some reason I don't know why, but multiple times as they were setting up for that, I was like biking or skateboarding home, and it just became like, what is happening? Nothing made sense. That was the absolute worst thing. That our old pal Denis Cordaire did was my dear friend, <laughs> close personal friend Denis Cordaire. That was the worst, worst thing. It, it was no one sense. of his worst calls of all time. That, but that last election that he ran, well, he's run twice now, right? He's won and ran and lost twice. Has he not? Yes, he's he's Donald Trump. Did he won once, lost twice? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm assuming that's going to happen to Donald, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I was going to say, it was like a bold prediction here, folks. Well, no, I think he's going to win the nomination. Oh, you will win the nomination. like Even though Republicans are going to fight like hell against it. DeSantis is already playing nice. Like, it's, it's a... DeSantis was barely... DeSantis is a joke. Like, they're all jokes that are running against him. They're all scared of his his fans. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, when they start... But, like I said, DeSantis... But DeSantis at least was, like... Saying some things like a couple months ago, like and now, and now, and now he's playing DeSantis. nice again. Like as a as a member of Earth, I'd rather have Donald than DeSantis, though. The DeSantis devil you know, is psychotic on a level that Donald can't quite get to. Donald- well, that, that was, I mean, that that was like I read a thing like when this when it all when the Donald Trump presidency happened, where they were just sort of like Donald Trump is a huge problem, but you're like, but he's also an idiot. They're yeah. like the, the problem. The real problem comes when there's someone with Donald's politics who's not an idiot. Yeah, like DeSantis can't run for shit. Like he's not. He's not good in the public, but he's a just a just like the most authentically snaky politician you're gonna find. Where Donald's just a doofus. I mean, a very very but entertaining. You know speaks off the cuff doesn't really believe in anything he's saying like you know he doesn't believe in anything he's saying like oh like i would i would absolutely love love for donald trump to just be like like the harmless third party runner you know what i mean but you know what i mean but i was just i'm not saying like but like if there was like two real politicians and then we just got to have like and he didn't have a bunch of support but we just got to have the speeches and none of the consequences yeah, like I would really enjoy that for Donald Trump. I'd be like, "Hey, it's the." Well, that's like what the- we've had the last four years, where Donald's been doing his rallies, and he's been going around giving a speech, and it's just been hilarious. There's been no consequences though. <coughs> yeah, now so- we're gonna get consequences again with Donald. And I mean, and whatever we can't also put too much blame or whatever, or too much of a spotlight on the American politics to know that we're like the liberals are tanking their own situation, and we're. We're, we're, we're setting up for another hilarious situation where like about 35% of the population votes right wing and that's enough for a majority government. I don't think it'll be a majority. There, I mean, if, fact, you look at, if you look at, what is it, 448, 308, whatever, whatever the Canadian 
<laughs> Here's the thing about polls, and I'm not a political science major, but this is a strong, long-held opinion of mine that has always proven right, and I'm very proud of it. Liberals don't answer polls. They're embarrassed to admit that they're voting for the Liberal Party. Yeah, I think, and I mean, and I think, unfortunately, that's an element of Canadian politics, right? Is there's a lot of people who are card-carrying NDP members who will then strategically vote Liberal when they realize that, like, it's Per Polyev or Justin Trudeau, and I do have like one's way worse, and then they end up voting Trudeau. So, other than an election year, there's a lot of people who support the NDP. Needs to be if I'm a conservative um, uh, political. worker here or uh, if I'm a strategist on the on the conservative team I'm a little bit worried that Polyev is leading too much into the anti-gay stuff and the anti-abortion stuff uh, where this isn't Texas brother you gotta be careful here Pierre yeah you're still in Canada buddy yeah like <coughs> like like don't tread too far into that if you want to win this election don't spend too much time on talking about taking women's reproductive rights away. Yeah. It's... Don't spend too much time on your hatred for the gays. Yeah, no, it's... Uh... Try to hide that shit. But like I said, I, I, I definitely agree with you. I think them getting a majority is an outside chance. I think it's, them... It's not going to happen, I don't think. It, it's everything, everything, everything would have to go right. And I think that, like... He's too much of an asshole for he's too, But he's too much of an asshole. And it's also that, like, the left learned to organize following like whatever 12 years of Harper. Like they learned how to organize their votes and not split the votes as stupidly when it actually came down to election day. Like, cause it was like, but it would, what, like I said, what boggles my mind though, is that because they won the majority, the liberals did not put any kind of like meaningful electoral reform into place. Like they had, they had, they had, they had the chance, right? Cause they were like, Oh, it worked out for us. Let's assume it's always going to work out for us. And I was like, if you get rid of first past the post, we would never be in this situation. The conservatives would never have more than 35% of the seats ever. Sometimes you'd be in charge. Sometimes the NDP would be in charge. But the conservatives would never be in charge because they would never get more than 35% of the vote. I think a lot of it is, I blame all this on Aaron Sorkin. Um, (laughs) How? I think because of newsrooms, liberals live in this fucking fake utopia of a world where the other side across the aisle, we're going to work together. We're going to unite the country. We're all going to oh, be on the West same Wing. team. Yeah, so it's the West Wing. Right? I was like, how did newsroom ruin us? No, no, West Wing ruined us. us on different levels. But I love <laughs> both these shows. But if it's very much living in the fucking living in just fantasy land with it with not with not understanding that no the conservatives are gonna get in they're gonna do whatever it takes to get their agenda across mm-hmm. or the liberals oh let's not set bad precedent let's not let's not overstep our power this that until they overstep their power in like the worst ways mm-hmm. and the most embarrassing gaffes like well, yeah, like putting a so Nazi in the in the house them. There's so many examples. Of well, I mean, just just, the, just this week, the, 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 just the, awful. What are we doing? Just let's let's celebrate a Ukrainian war hero who was also a Nazi. Oh no! Why did we not vet this man? Did I do that? Oh my god! I was like, oh, what the hell? I was like, you have the easiest, not easiest job, but like, like 
you have a complicated job, but everybody's job, everybody's job. If you work at uh, like a, a, a supermarket, if you work for uh, like a, a internet startup, whoever cares, everybody's job has an unwritten rule, which is like, don't, you know, hire the Nazi. Like, just it's don't, just, just don't stupid. do it it's stupid. at all levels. Don't, don't put a microphone and celebrate that, a Nazi. That was like the first massive misstep they've made in this election period, if you will, because we're in an election period right now, right? Technically, right? I think well, we're two years out. Are we supposed to be two years out? Because they're going to out, but people are going to remember this. Oh, for sure. And people right. are, and it's it's crazy that you gave it right back because Polyev made a mistake during the week that was pretty massive that people are going to remember when he didn't condemn some of the shit that we saw at the the anti gay marches. Oh, I was also uh, going to say that when uh, when a when right, a, there was some when a mispronun- when a mispronunciation of Niger rolled off his tongue real easy. I don't know that that didn't that even too. that didn't that even too. like trip the trip That's the news real normal for him. It I was like boy boy did boy did that sound like Natural. I understand I understand you made a mistake and you were trying to say Niger and whatever like that's fine but but boy boy did the other word sound real comfortable just rolling <laughs> it's off the tongue. Almost like you said that one before amongst friends, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. That is that is not a and. Yeah, exactly. That that's not a word that he's never said in his life. Like, no, no, he said it before. Ugh. Real, Jay real politics, easy. man. My favorite, my favorite Pierre Polyev factoid though is that he's he's got he's, he's even got some commercials out that he's uh, he's uh, he's not a politician. He's not a politician. He's not a politician. He's a Canadian. He's an everyman. I, I... he's been his only job in life has been working in politics. He started clerking for Harper in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. What are you fucking talking about, Pierre? Yeah. You have a definition of career politician. You're it's a shitty yeah, it's a shitty cop. I I also find that hilarious. Like that was one of the big knocks. You remember do you remember Thomas Mulcair? Yeah, Tommy. Thomas, CJD, baby. Thomas Mulcair basically lost like control of the NDP because people slammed him as as a career politician i was like man politics is the only job like because again like trump is another one and trump trump slammed you know biden for the whole the same thing and like nearly worked like like, politics is the only job where you just sort of like hey you know who would really do this job someone who's never done it yeah you know and you're like how is that a credential you know you know who'd be really bad for this job someone who's worked their whole life for it It's the only someone who has experience. Yeah, exactly. Like someone who devoted their life to the workings of like the political yeah, it's arena. One the most, it's one of the most backwards arguments you get for. Uh, He's a career politician. You politics. don't want someone like that in Ottawa. No, you want a maverick who's never done this before. Exactly. Who can't understand like budgets and things. <laughs> oh man, uh, Chris, we're we're, roll, we're rolling up the uh, the hour. I, I, I the only thing I wanted to get your hot take on was the the um, the writer strike is coming to an end yes sir and uh snl is everywhere come back do you think any anything after is behind them uh the actors will follow suit pretty quickly i think uh did do we know what the concessions were or was did they say okay we're not gonna let ai write movies uh i think that was the big one i also think the the pool of money that the writers were asking for uh, was increased to their satisfaction. 
uh, it wasn't big to begin with. This didn't have to be a long, drawn-out process. Um, from what I've gathered uh, from you know the interwebs and also from people who are, are uh, union members on either end, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it was really about streaming rights and how that gets distributed in royalties and the fact that they just needed to go up. Uh, to get with the times. So I think that's happened. We're back to work. We are not going to call it the content industry. Fuck off with that. (laughs) Uh, Straight up, just go fuck yourself. Uh, It's not the content industry. It is the entertainment industry. It's the movie industry. It's the television industry. Those are all good. The content industry, you can shove it up your ass. Um, (laughs) But uh, no, it's, it's, it's... I appreciate the fact that we're coming back uh, that guys are getting back to work. Guys and girls are getting back to work. Uh, I have friends who are uh, in the industry, who are in the unions, who need to get back to work desperately. Um, so that's great. And and also, uh, selfishly, as a consumer, I, I want my One Chicago series to be back. So <laughs> there we go. Well, yeah, what they're saying is the late night shows and everything is going to come back as soon as the writers go back, which I did not know that they're a dip, like that the hosts yeah, are Yeah, and dip- some people have egg on their face here, like Drew Barrymore, uh, Jennifer Hudson, Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher. I mean, Bill Maher, uh, I think, wakes up with egg on his face, to be fair. I mean, the guy has no shame to begin with, so it's hard to shame someone who has no shame, right? Um, and Bill's long ago had no shame, and that works for and against him. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Drew Barrymore did herself no favors. She was like America's it girl, and then she becomes the scab. And that's going to carry, that stank is going to carry with her. And the thing is, is that Bill's show could survive without actors and actresses and writers because uh, they don't, they're not really his guests. He has some of them on every now and then, yeah, but yeah, those but aren't the guests he relies on. He right? talks to politicians half the time, like it's yeah, politicians, uh, politics, Jason people, persons uh, of interest, persons of interest. A lot of those, and you know, he's gone more and more right with his guests in the last couple of years to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Barrymore hosts a fucking daytime talk show where her Who celebrity friends to? drop by. He talked to fucking actors, actresses, and like chefs. Like, what the fuck, Drew? What are you doing? You know, like, use your fucking head. So I think there's going to be some trouble for her show uh, to come back. I, mean, I, I, The only thing that might save her is I feel that she has the reputation of lovable dum-dum. Yeah. Like, and I feel she, that she could be like, guys, I didn't know. And people are like, oh, Drew. Yeah, she just tries <laughs> to adopt her persona from 51st Dates. Exactly. That's like, it. what? What's what are you talking about? And just be like, totally, like she's has. Oh, she doesn't remember. Every day is she re, she replays her mind. Yeah, she like, wake up and go to work, and I host my silly show. Now this Thursday in <laughs> June of 2022, every day goes back to that day for Drew. It's not her fault. And then, oh, okay, well that's fair. That, that, now we understand. <laughs> this makes sense. This makes sense now. Uh, anyway, so I think that was, this was our back to school special where we caught up on a lot of sports news and culture with uh, Chris Mendito. That was fun. That was a good time. All right, tell your friends, everybody. <laughs> this yeah, is this is if you I'm enjoy barely... if you enjoyed this episode. This is not usually how the show is. 
You want hot takes that were immediately disproven on this show by Keith? Clip <laughs> listen to Chris on this podcast. There it is. Where he claimed where somebody's son was murdered. <laughs> uh, where he claimed. <laughs> easy. It's easy. We fact check on the show, though. Nothing. You'll, we, you listen uh, to we, we, we were assuming Stephanie McMahon played her divorce now. Exactly. I guess. And we're, all we're, and all of the Paul Brothers fights are rigged. All the Paul Brothers fights are fixed. We've predicted the Super Bowl halftime show now that Usher was named. Yep. That one I'm most comfortable with. I Lil, think Little John Ludacris, like they're doing Little John Ludacris, Alicia Keys, Justin Bieber. Yeah. Those are the guests. Little John and Ludacris, I'm assuming, are hard locks. Because I mean, like, unless they're filming a fast movie, Luda's got nothing going on. And Little yeah, John and has nothing not going have, on at all. Like, yeah. Like, exactly. It's one of the one of the most popular songs of our generation. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Little Little John is there. Little John is. Little John and the East Side Boys. He's Little John is already there, practicing, screaming. Vegas. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. he's at at the stadium right now. (laughs) Exactly. I just I just meant in Vegas. Like he's just lives at the stadium. He's like, I'm ready to go. uh, Yeah, whatever you need me. I'm Little John. I'm ready to rock. I haven't had this type of excitement in years. Exactly. And Ludacris, well, Ludacris will pick up some work at, at a hotel until it's time. So that's fine. Like I said, he's he's. I I love for Ludacris. He doesn't need residency in some fucking. That somehow Ludacris that that Ludacris somehow happened into a recurring role in the Fast franchise and basically never has to work an honest day's living ever again. As a computer genius. As a, exactly mind. as a hacker, as the most believable a, hacker that's ever been cast. As a computer whiz. You know what his role was in Fast 2? He owned a body shop and he ran illegal street races. Yeah. He went from that in Too Fast Too Furious to Computer genius. Yeah, like the like a better hacker than anything the CIA or FBI or or even no, Russian no. intelligence no, combined. The CIA calls when they're stuck. Exactly, they're like, we need. I forgot his name in the uh, film. Uh, another podcast should be dedicated to the thoughts and the thoughts in the writers' room of the Fast franchise. <laughs> There's a there's a TikTok of that right where they're just there's like a, there's a there's a guy there's a comedian who does. Uh, who, who's made fun of it before? It's very funny. Just like the uh, the cocaine, whatever. It's like that. He's like, okay, we're like, yeah. what are we thinking? Like sequels? We're thinking ten movies. Yeah, it's really it's really good. Uh, How are we gonna write these movies? And just like throws a bag not, of cocaine at the table. Yeah, it's it's, it's really yeah. He also does Mad Libs with other movies and stuff. Yeah. Uh, all right, this well, was uh, go name, plug yourself. Great. Go plug yourself back to school special. Everybody. Yo, yo, yo. Love y'all. Thanks for hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street uh we really have to rely on word of mouth which uh basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show please uh share it link it uh tell your friends about it say hey there's this show called go plug yourself they talk to montrealers or people that have stuff going on in montreal or uh just people that have stuff 
to uh, promote that we kind of care about. We can we can go outside of Montreal if we want to. Um, yeah, so just tell tell people about the show. It's a it's a fun show. We we like doing it a lot. We've done it for over two hundred episodes, and it's in large part thanks to support from uh, people like you. Um, if you want to support the show at all, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash 9to5cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way. It really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part. We're really not trying to make a profit on this. Um, and also, if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show, you can uh, contact us either on Facebook or on Twitter. There's a bunch of ways to find us uh, and uh, and let us know. And if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out, maybe you can be the next person who uh, comes on the show and... Uh, plugs something a uh, big thank you as always to leland beckman and oral turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh, all of the hosts that we have on the show uh walter j ling who technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh christopher vendito lawrence corber and uh, ines anaya uh, all are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh and all of that uh thank you for listening thank you for choosing go plug yourself uh as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day. Thank you. 905.cc Podcasts, blogs, and comics. Made in Montreal since 2011.